Well, hi again, everybody. Doug Miles and uh, Don Henderson tonight coming to you from uh, Ed Smith Stadium on uh, Friday, uh, March 24th, as we uh, do a, a night game with Don, the Baltimore Orioles taking on the New York Yankees. I'll tell you, it should be a great night. Standing room only, which is a great sign for the city of Sarasota. They've struggled with some of the exhibition games this year, attendance-wise. So this is very positive. It's standing room only tonight. Uh, as you can see, the parking lots since we came in were already half-filled. So it should be a great night of baseball. Anytime the Yankees come in, even though it's a split squad tonight, you'll want to see the, uh, the pinstripes, right? Even, uh, well, you're going to see a lot of the uh, the rookies and maybe guys that will make the main team, but it's uh, still fun to see the Yankees. Yeah, it'll be great to see the Yankees and uh, be great to, you know, just be a part of the last. You know, we have two more games. Uh, Phillies, of course, will be here on Sunday. Have a chance to see them. And then one game after that, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. And then, can you believe it? Uh, the spring training season is over. Even though records don't really mean anything in spring training, the teams like to, uh, you know, you obviously want to win games you're in. The, uh, the Orioles come in at 13 and 12 tonight, and the Yankees with a record of a 10 up and 15 down. Really meaningless, but uh, people kind of want to know how their team's doing. Well, I'll tell you, it's been sort of an up and down. And we talked about it coming over. Box writer who does the PA here at the Edgeman Stadium and lives in St. John and I do. We had a chance to chat this afternoon. And he said, uh, home run in the ninth tied the game up last night. And uh, so once, once games are tied in the ninth inning, that's it. They fall off. It's all the time. Oh, it's all over. Right. They don't, they don't want to do too much extra work uh, before the season starts. You got that right. <laughs> Well, baseball classic though this week, John. Uh, got a lot of press, a lot of good attendance uh, when they played in Miami, and apparently uh, pretty good game, Japan and the USA. 37,000. We talked to Bill Matthews, who was the official scorer for three of those games. Uh, Bill does a show with us on Wednesday night. Very, very nice guy. And of course, he's the official scorekeeper at the trout. It has been almost since the beginning of the trout. And uh, he talked about 37,000 for, you know, so many more than are there for the Miami. <laughs> Baseball team to play at big tournament. And we were talking last time we did our show, the uh, unfortunate injury to the Mets' Edwin Diaz in the World Baseball Classic. But uh, other than that, I guess fans really enjoyed uh, watching these games. Uh, you you kind of wonder why they don't do it at the end of it. Well, they're uh, going to take a couple years off now before they do it again. Uh, the Astros, of course, lost one of their stars, but right. broke the thumb. Uh, so he's going to be out for at least uh, six to eight weeks. And as you mentioned, uh, Diaz, unbelievably, in a celebration after you know, the last out of the game, of the game and celebrating on the mound, he twisted his knee and he's going to be out for the whole season. Which just unbelievable. Yeah. Tough, tough break there, but uh, uh, fans enjoyed it. I know last time we also mentioned when we did our tribute to uh, the Rays announcer Dave Wills, who passed away, we were talking about who would replace him. Uh, they did announce that uh, the man who does the pre and post game show, Neil Solon, has been uh, uh, now promoted to uh, be the second announcer of Andy Street. So we just want to clear that up. Uh, we weren't sure who was going to be. They stepped him right up, which was great. He was working with the organization, working for uh, the broadcast team prior to the death. So uh, it was great to see an internal rise and a player with our broadcaster that was in the organization step right up and move in. Yeah. I'm not sure if he had done play by play anywhere before. He's done the pre and post game for the last several years. Yeah, I do not know about that. We also want to kind of spend a few minutes uh, uh, in tribute to really one of the great uh, basketball players. I grew up, the first team I kind of watched in New York as far as basketball goes, the New York Knicks. 
the great Willis Reed passed away. Yeah, he did on Tuesday, and the interesting part was the tremendous tribute in all the papers, especially in the New York Post. Clyde Frazier, had a, yeah, who was his, one of his best personal friends, who had his greatest game in his whole basketball career in that seventh game. And against the Yeah, against the Lakers, and the, the, they won unexpectedly with Willis coming out just to get the first two baskets with that deep thigh injury. And, but, uh, he, he was just a, a tribute to basketball, to the NBA, and certainly to the New York Knicks. He was a great, great basketball player, but as Clyde said, he was a better person. Captain, the captain yes. for pretty much his whole career with New York, and he really went through the, the tough years with the Knicks. He came in, I think, in 64, and uh, they were not a great team for several years until they built that uh, dynasty team in the late 60s and into the early 70s. Yeah, and he won 70, and then he won 72, 73, 72, 73, and uh, but he was just a, just revered in the city of New York, uh, tremendous personality, and uh, was with a number of other clubs in an associate role, did coach a little bit. He did coach the, uh, was the GM of the Nets for a while. Yeah, and, uh, uh, but coaching really wasn't his thing. No. So, uh, but... Terrific, a terrific player himself and a terrific credit in the NBA. And really, when you look back at it, kind of a small big man. I mean, he was 6'9", a tall man, but not huge for the center. And he stepped right in, and of course, the game we're talking about in 1970, when he went down, Will Chamberlain was the center on the other side. And uh, when they saw Will, they said in all the articles in the Post this week, when, when Bale, Elgin Bale, and Jerry West, and Will Chamberlain saw Willis Reed come out of the dressing room because they didn't think he was going to make an appearance. And uh, I said, we looked over at those three players and saw that Willis was out there. He said, we knew we were going to win the game. The game was over right there. The game was over. And then Willis hit the two jumpers. That's what he first, said. First uh, minute and a half. First so. two points, first four points of the game, two baskets, and never played again after that. Or Clyde took over, I think he scored 39 in that game. And, Maybe 15, 16 assists, a bunch of rebounds as well, Clyde. Most of his credit is being his greatest game in the NBA. What made it unusual, and you look back at it now, just kind of reading the history of it, I kind of knew because I remembered, but that game was actually blacked out in New York. You could not watch it on TV. Most people listened to that game on radio where Marv Albert did it. That game was not shown until later that night on tape. That I did not know. It's hard to believe. I was fortunate because it was shown around the country. And I lived, as you know, I lived midway between New York and Philadelphia. So when Philadelphia was blocked out, I'd see it on the New York channel. And when New York was blocked out, I'd see it on the Philly channel. So we had the best of both worlds because we had 12, 13 channels from day one, whereas most people in New York had five or six. And uh, so if it was like that, you just didn't get to the end. Yeah, ABC at that time had the basketball on TV, but uh, they had those crazy blackout rules, yeah. and that game was sold out. I mean, it wasn't like, no. you know, but they just didn't do anything about it for a few years no, later. It was and most people in New York did not see that game. The league they heard rule. Until later that night. Yeah. The league rule. They couldn't tell it was the game, home game. But anyway, we want to remember... Uh, the great Willis Reed, 80 years old. Uh, apparently, he had not been in great health for a while. They said he was in the hospital for a while. So, uh, God yeah, bless him and uh, great memory. Clyde said that he didn't even realize he was that serious. He knew uh, because they had had the uh, anniversary, 50-year anniversary. 73 team, one. And, of course, he couldn't come. 
he gave a video uh, uh, presentation at that uh, commemoration of the game, but he couldn't come. So he had known he, at that time that he had seen him and talked to him. He knew it was under the weather, but he said he didn't know it was a serious weather. So a nice interview with uh, uh, Bill Bradley on uh, Dan Patrick's show the other day, kind of reminiscing about uh, Willis. I and mean, he said Willis was a guy in charge all the way. I mean, he was a kind of a natural-born cat. Yeah, Bill, uh, Bill Bradley came in, and uh, he had a big article in the Post as well, same thing. He talked about the leadership qualities of Willis and how he took people aside. I figured that when he first came in, he took him out, you know, and, and put him in, told him what he had to do and what he couldn't do. And he said he really was a mentor from day one, and he got to pick him up at the airport, brought him in, uh, after he signed a contract, took him out to dinner with friends at Will Chamberlain's nightclub. Oh, really? Had a, Will had a nightclub for people to come know. In those days, he had a nightclub in New York, and so they went to his nightclub. Yeah, Wilt always lived in New York until, of course, he went to the Lakers, but when he played for Philly, he lived in New York. Commuted infrequently. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was there for the games, but not much more. Not much else. No. <laughs> That's a whole other show on the stories about Wilt. We'll have to do something on Wilt sometime. Anyway, that'll kind of wrap it up for uh, this edition. Uh, again, a uh, Friday edition from the ballpark here at Sarasota. Don, uh, we'll to a good game. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm, uh, the games have been, and again, I'll go back to what you and I talked about in some, several of the other shows. I think the clock has been for a minute. I mean, the other He's day. He's up the game quite a bit. Again, an hour and 40 minutes the other day, six and a half innings. I mean, it's, it's really been very, very effective. Although, you're talking to Bill Matthews, who's the official score that we talked about at the top of the show. He said there is, he thinks, and he's in all the umpire meetings and the team meetings. It's just going to be a slight modification on the 15 and 20 second clock. He's not sure, but he thinks just before the season they may extend the 15 to 18 or whatever. Whether they're going to extend the two minutes between innings or so, they need to hard down this. We're going to tweak it a little bit. We'll do something. Keep the game, the pace a little bit faster. Terrific. But anyway, thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you again next time.